Buckle up. You're listening to Terminal Exchange. Hello, everyone. This is Jim Revell, Certified Chaplain with Corporate Chaplains of America. And I also have the great honor of serving you as employees of Nussbaum Transportation. I want to share some thoughts through this podcast um, in light of the situation we're facing in our country and, in fact, throughout the world. You know, I think you, you would admit that this is unlike any other time in American history. And certain our country has, certainly our country has faced some challenging things. But this moment with coronavirus, with COVID-19, has altered our lives in a way that I think we're yet to see its full impact. And as the reporting goes out, uh, it's like the world is flooded with frightening news, and it, it, it tends to have this negative momentum. The United States government has declared a national emergency. The World Health Organization uh, has declared this virus an official global pandemic. We've seen uh, our governor uh, issue a stay-in-place order through April 7th for the state of Illinois here, and other uh, states are equally uh, putting limitations on movement. We've seen um, the dominoes fall that's caused cancellations or closings of sporting events, concerts, meetings, conventions, schools, travel, restaurants, bars, hotels, businesses, and even churches. And so I think you'd agree, I, I think you'd agree with me in this observation, this is unprecedented in our lifetime. We've never experienced a crisis similar to its length, duration, and its broad uh, depth of impact throughout the world. And as each day unfolds, each news media report just sort of lights or, or maybe adds to the fire of fear that's already out there. And that we don't want to allow those things to dominate us. So I'm here to calm your worries, reduce your anxieties, relieve your fears. And I want to just share a few things. Uh, I was at Costco last week and I randomly stopped in to pick up a couple of items, not thinking about sort of the run on stores and toilet paper and hand sanitizer and all that kind of thing, people stocking up. And I parked my car at the farthest corner parking spot in that very large lot. Went in, a lady came out who was a, was a customer, and she said, every cart's gone. And I peeked my head in the store, and the line wrapped all the way around the store, snaked through the aisles. People were sort of in a panicked frenzy trying to stock up. And a scripture, an idea dropped from my mind from the Bible for when Jesus was here. And it says, when Jesus was physically here on earth, and it says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, for they were harassed, listen to these words, harassed, helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And the first thing that, that struck me was this, that Jesus Christ notices what's going on right now. Secondly, Jesus has great feeling for what's happening right now. And these emotions identify kind of where people are at. Harassed, and maybe you're feeling like this. Harassed, helpless, sort of like sheep without a shepherd. 
But how do we respond? What strategy do we take? And uh, before I give you a, a few things to think about uh, as far as strategy, I, I want to thank, uh, just express my gratitude for serving in this company because you have demonstrated uh, a, a great hunkering down into your faith as you've gone through this moment. As I have been in the office, in the shop, talk with many of the drivers, I am absolutely heightened in my courage and hope because of you allowing your faith to strengthen you. And I appreciate what was sent out last week by, or earlier this week by Brent Nussbaum regarding Jesus with us in the storm. And he is with us. So what we have to focus in is not on what we don't know. We have to focus on what we do know. And a lot of the things I'm going to share with you, you already know, but it's just a reminder. And sometimes when we're reminded, we gain confidence and we get calmness. So here's the first thing of six that I'll share with you. Number one, remember that everything I hear is not true. Now just take that one to the bank for a moment because that will calm you down. Proverbs 14:15 says that the simple believe anything, but the prudent give thoughts to their steps. Or one of the other translations says, sift and weigh every single word. Listen, not every person on the internet, not every person in social media, not every person on TV or radio knows what they're talking about. And not everyone who's talking about this crisis is worth listening to. So you be selective. Some people may be out for their own political agenda. Other people may be out for their own financial gain. You heard of the, I heard the one story of the young men that were selling uh, bottles of hand sanitizer at $70 a bottle. That's price gouging. And there are people out there like that. But you need to base your uh, sort of navigational place during this time based on what you know. Uh, the prudent man, it says in 1316 of Proverbs, always acts out of knowledge. See, we don't act out of fear. We're not moved by the latest trends. We act out of knowledge. The rest of the verse says, but the fool is open to anything. Let's not let the 24-7 news cycle saturate our thinking. See, you should always base your decision on facts, not on fake news, not on fears, not on feelings, but what is true. And what is true is this. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is fixed on you because we trust you. Here's the second thing. Remember this. This, will, this too will pass. <laughs> this isn't here to stay. This isn't going to last. You need to trust God so you won't be embarrassed on the other side of this, uh, of this uh, season of time we're in. When emotions rule, we lose sight of the big picture. So do the common sense things, but realize it's not going to last. Psalm 23, 4, I was thinking of this verse, and I love this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God's with us. See, we don't have to be afraid. There, are, there is a God in heaven who's walking with us through this moment, and he's going to get us through this. And others have been through similar pandemics. I was reading an article from the History Channel uh, called 
pandemics that change the history of the world. It started with Athens in 430 B.C. and the Black Plague and the Bubonic Plague and Spanish Flu of 1918 and other things that have come up. And pandemics have a life cycle. They grow, they peak, and they subside. It's like a bell curve. They start, they spike, they peak, and then they drop. And one of the goals, I think, that our leaders, that, by the way, we need to pray for, but our health officials, our uh, national leaders, our state leaders, they're trying to flatten that curve through social distancing. And so there's an emphasis on self-quarantining and isolating the sick, uh, uh, and maybe people have been exposed, hand-washing. Um, and so in all of this, uh, I think we use our common sense. But here's something that Peter shared with us, talking about this will pass. He said, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that's happening to you, as though it were something strange. These things have come to test your faith. See, this is going to pass. It's, we're going to get through this, but it's an opportunity for you to grow. Now, I think about this question, why is there illness on the earth? <coughs> that is a very good question. But did you know that when sin and evil entered the world through man's stiff-arming of God, that nothing works perfectly now. The world is broken. The weather's broken. The economy's broken. Relationships are broken. And we find also that our bodies don't work perfectly. Listen, things don't work perfect in your life because sin broke everything on this earth. When we rebelled, when the human race rebelled against God, it had its impact. We don't eat the way we should. We don't manage our lives sometimes the, uh, the way that we ought to operate with them. We don't have the kinds of emotions God wants us to have. And we dispense the ones we're not supposed to have. Instead, we hold on to things like guilt and shame and bitterness and worry and anxiety and blame. That's not the way God wants us to live. Isaiah the prophet wrote these words. He said, the earth suffers for the sins of its people. For they've twisted God's instruction, violated his laws. Therefore, the earth is broken and is utterly collapsed. Everything is lost, abandoned, and confused. See, even nature is groaning. And we know this, and we're aware of this. But you say, well, why did God allow sin and, and evil? And I'll tell you why. Because God allows us a free choice. See, he could have eliminated all sin and evil. He, and the simple solution would be to get rid of us. But he did not get rid of us. He came after us. He came, he came searching for us. See, plants aren't causing evil. Animals aren't causing evil. We're the ones causing evil. We're the ones that are self-centered and we've created problems in our society. And that's why we as those who are clinging to the Lord can pray those words in the Lord's Prayer. Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And see what's happening. Everything that God wants isn't being established here on earth. So this isn't heaven. This isn't a perfect place. In heaven, there's going to be sorrow and sin. Or in, in, in heaven, there's no sorrow, no sin, no sickness, no stress. Why? Because it's a perfect place. But none of this, uh, it, it, none of this perfection is found here. 
And so here's what uh, Paul the Apostle wrote in the book of Corinthians. He says, our temporary and momentary troubles will not last, but they're achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So what do we do? We fix our eyes or our focus not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And so that leads me to the third suggestion. Number three is this. Remember to focus on what is unchanging. So we've talked about three things so far. Remember that everything you hear isn't true. Remember that this too will pass. And thirdly, remember to focus on what is unchanging. Well, let me give you a couple of things that are unchanging. Here's a promise. When you go through deep waters, it says in the book of Isaiah, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fires of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. So you want to focus on something unchanging. Focus on that promise. Maybe a little bit of less, a little less listening to the news and the internet and a little more listening to what God just said in this verse. You're not going to go down. God's going to protect you. A few days ago, I was doing my devotions, uh, actually do a Bible app devotion with one, actually one of the drivers here at Newsbomb. We connect each day and we kind of go through the scripture. And, uh, and, and I find that getting into scripture each day really does help me focus on the unchangeable truths to help me think right. So we don't focus on what's constantly changing, but we focus on what we can take to the bank and what's true. So here's some words from Jesus Christ in probably the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. And how practical and helpful are they for us right now? <clears throat> Jesus said, I tell you, don't worry about your life. This is Jesus speaking to you. What you will eat or what you'll drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And then he tells us, where do we focus? Look at the birds of the air. Don't look at CNN. Don't look at whatever news station you like to listen to. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Think about the tenderness, God feeding them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And then he asks this question, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes, says Jesus? See how the flowers of the field grow, the wild flowers. So he's telling us in the middle of this crisis, look at birds, look at flowers. The flowers don't labor or spin, yet I tell you this, even Solomon in all of his splendor was not dressed like one of these beautiful flowers. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and it's thrown into the furnace tomorrow, will he not clothe much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? 
So don't worry by saying things like, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? For unbelievers run after these things and these things dominate their thinking. But your Heavenly Father knows exactly what you need. So what are we going to do? We're going to seek His kingdom first, His righteousness, and all of those other things will take care of themselves. So here's what Jesus says about this moment. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Wow, that's amazing. That's hopeful. So that brings me to the fourth thing. Remember this, that no matter what I go through, God's going through it with me. That every stage, every moment, every crisis, every detail. Now, you might not feel it. But in fact, sometimes we feel the opposite. But it's those times that God's even more actively reaching out. So he's reaching out to you, and are you listening to that? And then here's the fifth thing. Remember that this is not the end of the story. This isn't the end of the story. That we're getting through something. And, and Paul, who went through horrific things, says these words. When we suffer, we're never crushed. Even though we don't know what to do, we never give up. In times of trouble, God is with us. And when we're knocked down, we get up again because we know. Remember, not focusing on what we don't know, but what we do know. Because we know that the God who raised Jesus will raise us back to life. He'll bring us into his presence together. So to live with hope in a crisis like we're living in right now, we need to shift our focus, change our perspective, live in light of eternity. And it changes everything. So let me give you the final thing that I want to talk about. And that's number six, is this. <coughs> God wants, remember this, that God wants to use me to help others during this time. This is our time to shine. God wants to use me to help others. God wants to use you to help others. See, God doesn't just want to protect you. God just doesn't want to help you. But he wants to use you. That every single situation we come to is where maybe you're a driver on the road, maybe you're working in the office, maybe you have a circle of friends you're with, but every single person, every opportunity is an open door to be a dispenser of hope. And they're worried about the virus going viral and affecting the whole world. What if we reverse that and every person we touched, we'd spread the virus of hope in people's heart? What if we infected others with hope that replaces fear? You know, I was reading, as I give, kind of conclude this prog, uh, podcast, I want to conclude with a quote from Martin Luther that is so relevant for today. And he was facing the spillout of a plague. I think it was the Black Plague that had residual effects during his lifetime in the 1500s. And he said these words, what are we going to do in the middle of this crisis? What if, how are we going to handle the crisis? And it was life-threatening. And he said this. Listen to these words. It's almost like he's writing today. I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. Then I shall fumigate, help purify the air, 
administer medicine and take the medicine too. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order to not become contaminated and thus perchance inflict and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If God should wish to take me, he will surely find me. I will have done what he expected of me, so I'm not responsible for my death or the death of others. If my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid places or persons. I shall go freely, as stated above. See, this is such a God-fearing faith, because it's neither foolhardy, nor does it tempt God. And yet, in the middle of it, we serve. And that's our mission. So I want you to remember those things. <coughs> and if you need to connect with me, my number is one eight seven seven three two two chap. That's one eight seven seven three two 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 four two seven. And my extension is five zero one seven. God bless you and stay safe. You've been listening to Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Nussbaum Transportation. Nussbaum is an industry leader in over-the-road freight transportation. For more information on Nussbaum's award-winning truckload services and top-paying driving careers, go to Nussbaum.com or NussbaumJobs.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Terminal Exchange. New episodes arrive every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts and share a little love by writing us a review. Then, go deeper into each exchange or listen to previous episodes at our podcast page, TerminalExchange.org.